It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, you're looking at the wrong thing. Welcome in. We are live on a football Friday as we get you set for the weekend and a big weekend here in the ATL as we got a lot to get to. Plenty of football, obviously, but we'll sit back and watch a Major League Baseball playoffs. I'll give you all my predictions through the round and who's going to get there and it might be a little bit homerish when it's all said and done. So uh, we'll do that coming up before the end of the show, plus my picks as well on a football Friday. Give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Make sure you guys check us out on YouTube. Subscribe and like there as well. Like all the content. Check out Roku TV. We're there now too as well. Locked on Sports Atlanta. Download that Roku TV app on your Amazon Fire Stick, wherever you can get Roku TV, and check out Locked on Sports Atlanta. All right. Um, Let's get to the Falcons here as they get set for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because, you know, again, it's, you know, sometimes I feel like it's incumbent on me to shed light where other people in my line of work are not shedding it. Um, and, yes, I say that with an air of arrogance. I apologize. But that said, uh, you know, all week long I've heard about the Falcons offense and what they're going to do against the Buccaneers defense. You know, can they run the ball? Can they have this measure of success against this Buccaneers defense that's so good against the run? Because what we've seen so far is when the Falcons rush the ball really well, they are in games and they can win games, right? Okay, so we feel good about that. I've applauded the run game. I've applauded Arthur Smith. I wouldn't change that stance. I think it's 100% accurate to say all those things. But this game boils more down to something that has nothing to do with the Falcons' run game. What does it have to do with more than anything? That guy named Tom Brady on the other side of the field. Why does it have to do with Tom Brady? Well, because in his career, he's pretty much destroyed the Atlanta Falcons. In his career, he's pretty much been near perfect against the Atlanta Falcons. In fact, 10-0, including playoffs, 9-1 Nine and one against the spread, and oh, by the way, let me just give you another tip. I, I, this is the this angle is predicated all off of betting. I don't think a lot of people who are just looking at the game are looking at this angle because you get recency bias, and you look at the way the Buccaneers have been this year, and you look at the way um, they have struggled on offense, and you go, oh, well, maybe the Buccaneers' offense won't be a big deal. Well, t- Tom Brady against the Falcons is a big deal. Why? Because the numbers are freaking overwhelming, folks. Tom Brady, and this doesn't include the Super Bowl, another season games, but he's played against the Atlanta Falcons. He's averaged 319 passing yards per game. He has a completion percentage of nearly 69%. He's thrown in total for 2,875 yards, 26 touchdowns, and just three interceptions. His quarterback rating is 117.4. Meaning if he had played the Falcons his entire career, he'd be the highest rated passer ever in the history of the NFL by a wide margin. In fact, Tom Brady's only had a passer rating under 100 just once in the nine regular season games against the Falcons. If you extrapolate it out, if you played a full 17-game schedule against the Falcons, he'd have over 5,200 yards passing, 
He would have over 50 touchdowns and throw just five interceptions. Okay. Those are the numbers against the Falcons. Why is that paramount? Because if Tom Brady ever, 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 ever needed a get-right game, which he does offensively for his team in his season, it would come against the Atlanta Falcons. History says that, folks. It doesn't matter what team he's been on, whether it's the Patriots or the Buccaneers, dominated this team. He had one bad game against them all the way back in 2009 in Matt Ryan's second year. The Patriots won the game 26-10. to 10. The Falcons couldn't find the end zone. And Tom Brady was a paltry 25-42, of 42, completing just 59% of his passes. One touchdown, no picks, and he wasn't sacked. I mean, since he's been in a Buccaneer uniform, well, he's only averaged about 340 yards passing against the Falcons. With, oh, let's do the math here, 15 touchdowns and two picks in the four games against the Falcons. He has obliterated this team. That's what the problem is. For whatever reason, Tom Brady has been able to figure out this defense multiple times over. Uh, he did it against Dean Peace last year in quite dramatic fashion. Again, last year against the Falcons, nine touchdowns, one pick. 360, I'm sorry, uh, 320 yards average passing per game. And a quarterback rating of, oh, 120. I mean, that's that's what the numbers are, guys. That's what they have to slow down. And that's the real problem on Sunday. Falcons are going to be able to run the ball. I know the T Tampa Bay front's good and the run defense is good. Falcons are going to be able to run the ball. Scheme's too good. Not worried about it. Will they go for 200? Probably not. Will they get to 130, 140? Yeah. I think so. I'm not worried about it. If they can't, they're done regardless, right? If they can't get some sort of running game established, they're done regardless. Mariota's not good enough to get him through. So this is really all on the defense. Now, outside of last year, let's look at what Dean Peace has done against Tom Brady. If you look at his most recent stop in Tennessee, where he was the defensive coordinator in 2018 through 2020, the one regular season game he played against him, uh, he lost. Tom Brady lost. He was 21 of 41, completing just 51% of his passes. Uh, no touchdowns, no picks, and a quarterback rating of 70. Now, you could also look at what Tom Brady did against the uh, Titans in the playoffs. Two games against him, won one, lost one. The last one he lost was the one where uh, the Patriots couldn't find the end zone. It was that 14-13 game up in Foxborough. Um, or 19-13, whatever it was. But again, held Tom Brady to 54% completion percentage, 200 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick, and a quarterback rating of 59. Pretty good. Dean Peace figured something out. Now, go back to his stop in Baltimore. When he was the offense coordinator from 2012, defense coordinator, rather, rather from 2012, all the way through 2017. Three regular season, season games against him. Brady went two and one. Um, and in the one game he lost, he still threw for 335 yards, a touchdown and no picks. That was back in 2012 during the regular season. Of course, um, in the playoffs, Dean Peace that year would get revenge because the Ravens beat Tom Brady, but also in the playoffs, he's done a very good job, uh, against Tom Brady. 
Very, very good job. In the three games in the playoffs he saw against him with the Ravens, limited him to just four touchdowns, five interceptions, and a quarterback rating in the low 80s. I mean, Peace has figured out Tom Brady as much as any defensive coordinator could. He's seen him enough to know what all of his tendencies are. The difference is, in Baltimore, he had Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and a whole bunch of other really great defensive players. In Tennessee, he had a very young, fast, aggressive defense. What does he have with Atlanta? Well, he's got some players. He's got Grady Jarrett, he's got A.J. Terrell, and a couple of other guys. That may be able to make plays. I'm not saying that the Falcons can't slow it down, but that's what this game all boils down to. The bottom line to me all saying this is that's what this game all boils down to on Sunday. How much can they stop Tom Brady? If Tom Brady continues to put the numbers up that he has against the Falcons in his career, where he averages completing 68% of his passes for 319 yards per game, and he averages three touchdowns a game and less than one-third of a pick, and a quarterback rating of 117, Falcons ain't winning. Not winning. That's what this game boils down to. Really simple, guys. Don't overthink it. Trust me on this one. I mean, it's it's the easiest way to look at it. That's where the uh, uh, game is going to be won and lost. So, yeah, I, I, I wish I could make it more complicated than that, but it's really, really not. So, all right. Uh, let's get to Major League Baseball and uh, – the playoffs, and we'll kind of go through the entire bracket of where we think we're going to go. And I will uh, give you my selections for the 2022 uh, Major League Baseball playoffs and World Series champion. First, a word from our friends at betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games, which we're going to get to odds, lines, and games coming up here for the end of the show. But I can get some of my information at betonline.net. I can get reviews and news of every league, Major League Baseball, obviously with the playoffs here, NFL, college football, big weekend there as well, NBA, NHL season starting tonight for those of you hockey heads who uh, can't wait to see the puck drop, combat sports, esports, even golf. It's all right there. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. Live in-game betting, scores, podcasts, they've got you covered with all of it. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today. Bet online where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, we got four wild card games coming up today. Um, and in fact, depending on when you're listening to this, um, that w- w- one of those games might be over already. I mean, that's that's you know uh, that simple. So um, when you look at the bracket and, and the order of games today, and I just want to get this right real quick. Uh, it's Tampa Bay and Cleveland coming up at noon, and then you know, around two o'clock you get Philly, St. Louis. Four o'clock, you get uh, these all these times, Eastern Seattle and Toronto. And then tonight, uh, Mets and Padres. All right. Uh, let's look at these wildcard series individually here. Um, I, I could say, and I've said, I, I'll start with this because I said this yesterday. Um, the Cardinals are not winning, period. The Phillies are beating the Cardinals. That's one of the, like my most sure bets. Uh, and I, because I, I think the Phillies have had a much tougher road. They have a much tougher team 
Um, both of these teams hit the ball. But again, there's a ton of inferior pitching on Cincinnati and Pittsburgh um, and, and even Milwaukee to an extent that where, you know, St. Louis has had a chance to feast on some really, really bad um, pitching throughout the course of the season. So, you know, I, I, uh, I can't put a whole lot of stock in how good – I shouldn't say that. They have a couple of hitters. I don't know if they're as good as they are. Plus, Zach Wheeler has dominated uh, the Phillies, and he goes tonight. He'll go twice in this series. Uh, well, I'm sorry, he won't go twice in this series, but, you know, gets him out to a one nothing lead there. So, uh, again, um, Philly is taking that one. They'll go on to take, uh, take on the Atlanta Braves. Mets and Padres. I feel really confident in the Mets winning tonight. I just do. Like, there's so much adversity. Like, the, for all the hubbub about Buck Showalter choking and everything else, and I, I get it, um, it's kind of these tumultuous moments where Buck Showalter over the years, and at least I, I got to cover him up close, and I've, I've, I've watched him up close. You know, these are the um, times where he settles his team really well. I, I think Scherzer, playoff Scherzer is a whole different world than, than regular season Scherzer, and regular season Scherzer is really, really good. I just feel really confident in the Mets to win tonight. I know you, Darvish, is going, but um, yeah. Uh, I'll back the Mets to win and win this series and go take on the Dodgers. I mean, really, you know, I think that's the best four to get given the playoff teams. L.A., New York, Atlanta, Philly, like that to me is a great NLDS round. Over to the AL. Um, Toronto and Seattle is the toughest toss-up. Look, I I, I would tell you, I haven't done it yet, but I I may do it before first pitch. The, The Seattle, taking a flyer on Seattle to win the American League is not a bad idea they have a very favorable run if they end up and this is the hard part they got to get out of the first round if they get out of the first round i believe they get to the alcs i just you know toronto presents some matchup challenges for them so i like seattle a lot as a as a really pun intended wild card here to get through if they face the houston astros a team that they've seen 19 times this year i think they beat them i think they beat them I, I genuinely do. So, um, but I'm not sure Seattle gets past Toronto. And that's the the difficult part. A Toronto-Houston series would be a ton of fun because you get the great pitching versus the great hitting. Uh, guys with the ball at the ballpark a lot. Uh, and, you know, Toronto's got a really powerful lineup. But I'd probably lean on Toronto. You know, it's, it's one of these things with Seattle. It's like you finally get to the postseason and, you know, uh, you get so much celebration and you, you, you relax a little bit too much. You know, if it was a longer series, I might like Seattle to beat Toronto. But in a three-gamer, uh, I'll lean on Toronto. Tampa Bay and Cleveland going today. Uh, as a Yankee fan, uh, I truly want Cleveland to win because uh, I think it's an easier path for the Yankees to the ALCS. Uh, but Tampa Bay is going to beat them. And that that is frustrating. And then guess what? Tampa Bay is going to beat the Yankees too. <laughs> I'm not saying that yet, but, um, and then look, if you get, I mean, if I want to get crazy, I'll put Seattle, uh, past Toronto and then past Houston and Cleveland wins. And then the Yankees win and you get the Yankees in Seattle and the Yankees get to the the world series. That's my one sided Homer pick. My other side of Homer pick is that Atlanta gets past Philly. The Mets get past the Dodgers and then, then the Mets, uh, lose in seven games to the Braves. And it's the Yankees-Braves World Series, which is what I'm hoping for. Because why? I'm selfish. That's why. I really would like, you know, 
that World Series to play itself out. Because, you know, hey, uh, I get to go see the World Series. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, honestly, I, I, I would genuinely, as much as my heart would want the Yankees to be able to beat the Braves, they can't. Uh, Braves are a better team. So if we get Yankees-Braves, it's, it's probably the Braves. Um, you know, uh, they're just better, much, much better than the Yankees. So uh, I think the Braves have a very good shot at going back-to-back. Let's just say that much. Very, very good shot. The only the, – the toughest out they have, believe it or not to me, is if they get the Mets in this seven-game series. I think that really – those two teams going at it for seven games in the playoffs, with that, with those starters, especially if Strider is in there, um, runs are going to be so hard to come by. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. But that's the way I would go. For me. I can't I – can't, uh, can't speak for anybody else at this point in time. All right. Uh, let's get to – uh, since it is a football Friday, give you some games and picks and selections to get to here. But first, let's hand out a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. Oh, you know how we do it. Every day we have to whack somebody upside the head for saying or doing something stupid. Hand him a shovel of wisdom, and you can do so on my Twitter account, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Just use the hashtag shovel of wisdom, and today my shovel goes to Draymond Green. Draymond, come on, man. Come on. Like, the problem is, is, as other people have pointed out, and I can't take a ton of credit for this take, but everybody's right. This is like Draymond's M.O. Like, why does everything with Draymond have to be so damn combative all the time. Why does it always have to be some sort of drama surrounding this dude? Why, why, why does there always have to be some sort of internal strife that he brings to every single thing that he does? I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. And Draymond Green, by the way, punched his teammate Jordan Poole um, and then apologized to his team, and you know, blah, 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 blah. It's just, it's a headline that nobody needs. It's a headline that nobody wants. And, uh, I, I, you can't get rid of Draymond if you're the Warriors because he's meant so much to your franchise, but somebody get a hold of that dude. Seriously. Cut it out, bro. Honestly. All right. Uh, let's get to uh, some college football here. And uh, I told you just real quick, I told you the way I'm playing Georgia this weekend. Very simple. I'll lay the points in the first half. If Georgia isn't up 28 to three at half, against this team, well, you know, they're not going to cover the game. If this is a 14-7 game at half, they're not covering. So there's no reason to delay with the whole game. If they can't cover in the first half, because the way you play it is you play the first half, and then if they're up big, you double down on on the rest of the game because they'll cover it. I mean, that's, you know, there's no reason to put it on the whole game uh, and hope to get lucky with a defensive touchdown from – uh, you know, guys who don't play normally uh, and are getting mop-up minutes. So that's the way I'd play that one. By the way, um, and I got to give credit to uh, Ralph Michaels on this Georgia Tech. Uh, Ralph Michaels uh, is a handicapper out in Vegas, works for Wager Talk. But, you know, um, he had a great angle on this Georgia Tech game, and I'll share it with you right here. 
Georgia Tech was an underdog of more than 17 points last week and won outright. Georgia Tech this week is an underdog of less than six. When you have a team that is a underdog of 17 or more and wins outright, and then the following week is an underdog of six or less, they only cover that number about 18% of the time. So 82% of the time, they don't cover the number. We're going to back Duke here, minus three and a half um, as one of the better plays this week. Guess what, folks? Don't be fooled. Georgia Tech isn't good. They're not. They, they haven't been good at anything. Pittsburgh slept on them last week, and they got they got caught. That happens in football. It's not it's not uncommon at all. But that's not a good team. And Duke has played well this year. Duke is not uh, terrible by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, that's a four and one team. That's really really good and only favored by three and a half. Don't get trapped into it. Georgia Tech's really bad. Really, really bad. So, uh, and their offense is putrid. They've given up, they've scored fewer points than, than any team in the ACC. They get boat race this weekend by Duke. So, um, that's how we handle the Georgia teams. A couple of the college games that I'm on that I really, really like. Uh, one of them here is UCLA uh, against Utah. This is a classic look-ahead spot for Utah. Um, and Utah's got... USC up next in the window to decide who's going to be in the Pac-12 championship game, most likely, uh, because Oregon obviously is still in the mix. And it's another team that I'm going to fade this week. I'm taking Arizona plus 13 and a half. But Utah having to go on the road to UCLA. I've had this game circled on my calendar now for over a month uh, once Utah lost to Florida uh, and knew that their season was going to come down to a game with USC, especially the way USC came out of the gate. Um you know, Utah uh, and their quarterback, Cam Rising, have been good. But really, they, you know, they've played a very soft schedule other than Florida. Uh, and you could say the same thing about UCLA because they haven't really played anybody either. But they did get the big win against Washington last week. They have an extra day of rest on this thing. And this is a uh, UCLA team that converts on nearly 75% of their third downs. Like that, I'm sorry, 57% uh, uh, of their third downs. Their quarterback. Dorian Thompson Robinson is completing nearly 75% of his passes. So this is a team that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I think Chip Kelly gets a big, big win this week, a signature win for the year against him and knocks Utah off and knocks them out of the national championship picture. Uh, I like Florida this week as well against, uh, against Missouri, Missouri emptied the tank last week against Georgia, trying to beat that, tr trying to beat that team and cover that number. They're going to struggle this week. Um, and this is a Missouri team that is, flat out awful on offense. They are not good. Um, they're one of the worst in the SEC. Their passing game only averages just about 206 yards per game. Um, but yet Florida's run defense is bad. It's the worst in the SEC, but there's not really a big run game from Missouri to speak of. Uh, you know, and in fairness to Florida, they've played three top 20 opponents this year with power run offenses. Uh, when you look at, uh, obviously, Tennessee last week, you get uh, Kentucky and you get uh, Utah in week one. So those are three power running teams. And, and last week, again, Anthony Richardson, he threw for 453 yards. He can move the ball. They're going to be able to move the ball a lot on this Missouri team. The real question is, is can they get some more touchdowns and field goals? I think they do. And uh, I think they go out and they cover this 10 and a half or 11, depending on where you get it.
in the NFL, I'll say this much. Uh, I don't want to take the number with the Falcons this weekend. I know it's eight and a half, and it looks very luscious for a team that's 4-0 against a spread like the Falcons are. Here's the play for me with the Falcons, Tampa Bay. Just take the over. Points are going to be scored. Points are absolutely going to be scored. If Tom Brady has even a modicum of the, the numbers he averages against the Falcons in his career, uh, Tampa Bay is going to get to 27. I think the Falcons need to get to 30 to win the game. In fact, I think Tampa Bay probably gets to 30. You know, I mean, when you look at the Falcons' defense, I mean, and you look at the quarterbacks that they've played this year. Now, again, you have to be objective about, about this when it comes to gambling. This isn't about what you think of your team. This is about objectivity and gambling. Look at the quarterbacks that they've played. Jameis Winston, Geno Smith, Jacoby Brissett. And say what you want about Geno Smith. He's just not all that uh, overpowering as a quarterback. He's playing well, but he's not going to you know, go out and throw for 350 yards a game. The one quarterback that they did play that's competent this year was Matthew Stafford. Uh, and, and they had 28 points in three quarters against the Falcons. I mean, they scored 31 They, they scored thirty-one points, and it was 12 minutes left in the game. They could have easily scored more had they not made a ton of mistakes down the stretch. So that's what a competent quarterback can do to this defense. That's put up 30. And Brady is still better than Stafford. So, you know, you have to look at it objectively that way uh, when it comes to how the Falcons are in this game. So I think points are going to be scored over 48. Very, very favorable number. Uh, this, uh, you know, I, I had this game closer to 50 uh, when I put the number together. So, um, beyond all that, there was one other a- a NFL game I got my eyes on Cincinnati plus three and a half. Cincinnati has owned the Ravens. They're in a seven and two ATS run against the Ravens. Um, and they always play really well against them, especially in Baltimore. Sunday night game, Cincinnati off extra rest from last week. Yeah, favorable spot for the Bengals. All right, that'll do it for us here uh, on A to Z. Um, and we will continue to enjoy the rest of this weekend. want you to do it as well. We'll be back tomorrow, uh, Monday, rather, recapping the entire weekend in sports. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.